When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833 833- 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has supported our nation's heroes and their families ever since. Heroes like Marine Corps Sergeant Adam Mayo. He served our nation for over seven years before he was severely injured during training. He was paralyzed from the chest down, severely limiting his ability to move around his home independently. Tunnel to Towers paid Sergeant Mayo's mortgage, removing a financial burden for him and his family. The foundation gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his specific needs. Tunnel to Towers helped severely injured service members and first responders, as well as Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders. It's already come to the aid of so many heroes and their families by providing mortgage-free homes. The foundation is also committed to eradicating veteran homelessness. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Welcome to today's edition of the Rush Limbaugh Show podcast. Oh, it is wonderful to be here in the beautiful Queen City of, uh, of, of Charlotte, North Carolina, and hosting the Rush Limbaugh Show, the gold standard in talk radio, the most important radio program i would argue in the history of the medium it is a huge day as we journey into this uh next to the last day of 2020 i am brett winterbull and i'm happy to be here i have great news for you out of the box great news for you you still have another day to meet your new year's resolution i mean you got to look at the upside on these things okay you you can still achieve it they want you to be bummed out and think that you blew it by january 3rd or 5th or 15th You've got it until the the year comes to an end. And what a year it has been. Greetings and salutations. Our phone number to be a part of the conversation, 1-800-282-2882, 800-282-2882. As you heard, I am Brett Witterbull from WBT in Charlotte, where I host Afternoon Drive on one of the great radio stations of all times. One of the heritage radio stations in this country that is making up the backbone of the EIB network. Look, before I was in Charlotte, I was in San Diego, before that Los Angeles, and before L.A., I was with Rush Limbaugh at the EIB Network in New York City. I started with Rush in 1995. I was a a much younger guy, a skinnier guy as well. Um, As part of the business office staff, it was a dream job. This was a dream job. Just being near that show, just being near this program and this legendary broadcaster. More on that in a moment. Let me tell you a little bit about my, my journey to this place and to this place today. 
Grew up in West Texas, El Paso, Texas. In the dark of night, that was where I first discovered talk radio. With the skip signal coming into the desert southwest from places like Denver, San Antonio, even Los Angeles. Sometimes I got lucky. I was immediately hooked on this medium. 25 years later, more so than ever before. I'm in love with talk radio every single day. In fact, my, my most formative adult years came after I joined Rush and his team there in the studio. The very studio that that team is, is, is working in this very day. I joined Rush as a screener. I was the guy who answered the phones. So many of you may have already heard me but you didn't know who I was, and I certainly heard all of you. I was a snurdly. Although technically, Bo Snurdly is the only snurdly. I mean, the reality is Bo Snurdly is the only snurdly. He is the gold standard. He was the one who helped blaze this trail. Rush would refer to me as Mr. Winterbull. That's Winter B-L-E. It's like terrible, but I'm not that bad. It's Winter B-L-E is how you, you spell my, my last name. And, and during that journey when I started at the show, about 1999. I got to work with the legends on this program, the names you know so well. Maimon, Bo Snurdly, Cookie, and Coco. And of course, the legendary H.R. Kit Carson, the official chief of staff for Rush Limbaugh, who we lost way too soon. Now, during my run from 1999 to 2006, which is when I left the show to kind of strike out on my own, to go back out west, to go out to California to see what would happen. Well, before I did all that, I got married. Rush announced the birth of my two kids, my son and my daughter. And I still get goosebumps thinking about getting to do this today. Let's be honest. You're feeling a little bummed out about things politically, socially, culturally, right? You're a little worried. You're a little concerned. You're thinking, what's this fight going to be like? Where's it going to go? What's going to happen? Well, to understand where we're going is to understand where we've been. Now, I, I get it. I get it. Nobody wants to hear the substitute teacher. Nobody wants to hear the alumni from the from the program there behind the mic. But look, Rush takes time off every year at this time, from Christmas to New Year's. This is a normal winter vacation. I get it. There are uh, challenges and, and things like that, that that Rush is fighting. But here's the deal. This is a regularly scheduled vacation. I expect he's going to be back next week. And in between now and 3 o'clock Eastern time, I'm going to keep you company. But I mentioned talk radio being special. Talk radio is special because Rush makes it special. Look, the reason why progressives and the elites diss it, hate it, try to copy it or ignore it, minimize it, you name it. The reason why they do it is because they want you to feel isolated. They want me to feel isolated. You probably sat at home over the weekend... And you thought to yourself, Christmas was awesome. New Year's is going to be great. I, can't get, I cannot wait to get to 2021. But we've got these elections. We've got these two Georgia Senate elections taking place there in Georgia. And it feels like the very soul, the very future, the, the very stakes of our republic are in the balance. 
truth be told, I went down to Georgia over the weekend. I'll give you details on that across the, the program, but you may feel a little bit uncertain, but you shouldn't be. This is Rush Limbaugh's show. Rush Limbaugh is the eternal optimist. He's the Maha Rushi. He's the doctor of democracy. He built this. See, the left hates talk radio because talk radio really is synonymous with what Rush has done and continues to do to this very day. He has impact. He has weight. But you know what he really has that makes everyone nuts that doesn't like this? He has the ability to relate to America, to America, to the people in the cities and the towns across this country that are often overlooked, whether by the elites in Washington, D.C. or New York City, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Chicago. You're overlooked. You're not respected. You're dismissed as deplorables and people that they can smell inside the Walmart. Right. We, we know that routine. But you see, Rush built this. He was the first guy to really take phone calls, not just from the big cities, but from America. Rush was a trailblazer and is a trailblazer to this very moment. He used to take emails on CompuServe. CompuServe. I mean, tech geeks across the country just gave big thumbs ups because I referenced CompuServe. He did the ditto cam, let you watch him in the studio. He first published a newsletter, the Limbaugh letter that actually mailed to your house. I know people, good personal friends of mine, who have them all. That kind of loyalty, that kind of love, that kind of respect, you can't create that. You can't create it like you're some uh, uh, wife of a Hollywood star creating a new identity like suddenly you're from Spain. No, no, no. You can't do that. That's the kind of thing that happens organically. That's lightning in a bottle. I got to see that lightning up close and personal. See, what we are as a country today in 2020, in so many ways, Rush is the glue and the foundation of, of our principles and our politics in this time. Anybody who doubts it knows they're not being honest about it. They, they, they want to dismiss it. So as I said, we in talk radio are the original social media. You can come and exchange ideas, debate big stuff, just make fun of the craziness in the world, right? Take a look at any of the TV channels. Look at any of the networks. You tell me that you can reach out to one of these news anchors and tell them why they're wrong on COVID-19 uh, uh, on on the elections, on whatever it is, you want to challenge them, good luck. You'll call a main switchboard, you'll be put in voicemail jail. You call the EIB network any day that the show is on at 1-800-282-2882, you're going to get your voice heard. Unless, of course, you're just kind of boring or not entertaining. Because, you see, that's, that's the, the principal secret that I learned sitting across the glass from Rush. Many people have this mistaken notion about talk radio that if you call a talk radio show, whether it's your local show on the amazing affiliates that carry the Rush Limbaugh show, it, they, they will sit there and they'll say something to you like this. Oh, you won't put me on. You're censoring me. No, no. We're saving you from potential embarrassment because you're not bringing a great point. But I know talk radio screeners worth their weight in gold, including those on this program and those who have been on this program. We'll help you get to a better spot 
something more interesting with more of a hook. Why? Because this is ultimately about entertainment. It's information, it's opinion, it's passion, it's fun. But at the end of the day, you want to be entertained. Why do you watch a sports game? Why do you watch a golf tournament? Why do you watch a tennis tournament? Why do you go watch a, a particular movie if, if, if that's your, your bag of, of tricks? Ladies and gentlemen, you want to be entertained. And I intend to do just that over the course of the next two hours and 45 minutes. We are the original social media. We don't censor. We don't, we don't cast you aside. We don't look for the, uh, for the better options out there. We, together, this audience, this staff, but most importantly, the man who operates as the North Star of this program, who gave me my start in the medium that I love more than any, and the man who I respect more than any in this business, that man is Rush Limbaugh. And I'm stoked to be here today. This is a dream come true. I'm Brett Witterbaugh, in for Rush Limbaugh. This is the Rush Limbaugh Show on the EIB. I am Brett Witterbaugh, in for Rush Limbaugh on the Rush Limbaugh Show. Our numbers, 800-282-2882. Don't forget to check out RushLimbaugh.com for all the latest information, all the greatest information out there. Uh, This is a great day to be an American watching the politics unfolding in front of us. I know know there are people who are nervous. Just stick with it. I got faith in the American people and in our country. Uh, I I genuinely do. And we've got a little bit of of a developing story right now that we're going to be tracking and, and watching closely over the next couple of hours. And that is Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri or Missouri, depending on you know what part of Missouri you live in, uh, announces he's going to contest the Electoral College certification next week. So this is uh, Josh Hawley. He's one of the young guns, one of the young conservatives there in the Senate. Uh, overnight, there was a lot of uh, chatter back and forth about whether or not McConnell, Mitch McConnell, would, would put up with any of this stuff. Well, Just the News uh, is reporting, uh, among other outlets, that uh, Josh Hawley announces he's going to contest the uh, Electoral College certification next week. At the very least, Congress should investigate allegations of voter fraud and adopt measures to secure the integrity of our elections. That's what the Missouri Republican uh, had to say. Uh, he goes on to say... But unfortunately, Congress has so far failed to act. Now, any member of the lower chamber joined by at least one senator can contest the certification of the Electoral College vote. Now, for several weeks, Republican members of the House have been announcing their intentions to contest the certification. But it was unclear until today that any senator would co-sponsor their efforts. Although incoming Alabama Republican, uh, that Senator Tommy Tuberville, has uh, said he would consider signing on to a challenge. So once the challenge is seconded by a senator, a floor debate would be prompted, followed by a vote in each chamber. Now, one of the people who's been leading this charge, right, is Mo Brooks. Uh, Mo Brooks is one of the folks who's out there leading the charge. We have a a, a newly-to-be-minted congressman right here in North Carolina, uh, Madison Cawthorn, who has said he's uh, interested in, in making that push as well, that challenge as well. And really what this comes down to, what this comes down to is the fact that we need to, as a, as a republic, as a constitutional republic, which means 
I get it. It's popular to say we're a democracy. We have democratic institutions. We vote. We do that sort of stuff. But we are a constitutional republic, which means we follow the rules of the Constitution. Whether you like it or not, we're following the rules of the Constitution. I get it. It's just easy to say, okay, forget it. Let's everybody go. Let's do our own thing. Everything's going to be fine. Let's ignore what's happening. No. We have rules. We have rules. You have a 12th Amendment. It's hugely important to understand that the integrity of the election is vital. And I would hope that people on both sides of the aisle would at least put the results to a test to see if it is, in fact, a a, a legitimate vote representing the legitimate interests of the American people. Isn't it curious that you have such confidence on the other side of the aisle, uh, such confidence on the on the cable news programs in the morning and at night. Uh, you have you have such confidence in the results that they don't even have to take a look at it. We don't even we don't even have to look at it. And I'm going to tell you what's driving much of this because it does feel like it's a super accelerated pace to shut this thing down, uh, put Joe Biden and Kamala Harris there behind uh, the desks uh, there at the uh, at at the at the White House. Um, and at the vice president's residence, it does feel like there's an acceleration here for that. And you want to know what that's based on? I believe that your average progressive out there who saw the election results knew that something might not be right. But more importantly, because we're driven by this odd media culture, and I don't mean the news media per se, but I mean the media culture where everything is a resolved 30 or 60 minute episode of something. And so if this were a program, if this were Grey's Anatomy or some show like that, this would be where the president is declared the loser and he is sent away immediately. I I, I guess they forgot that there was supposed to be a a cooling off period that takes place between November the 3rd and January the 20th. You have to certify on the 6th, but you still have these different elements that are out there kind of moving. You have folks who are so steeped in in current culture that they think that, well, once the election is called, bring in the moving van, get the president out of that White House. It's not how it works. It's It's not how it works. There is a process and a procedure. It's so interesting to watch, uh, especially uh, uh, progressives out there, talk about how much they love Abraham Lincoln, uh, how, how much they love these Republicans not named Trump. And what's interesting is uh, you've had Republican presidents make difficult decisions and stand by them regardless of the blowback or the pushback. I, I, I assure you, I assure you that the people who are represented in the Senate from the state of Missouri want answers to what happened in the election, want answers as to the results in that election, and want to see that the constitutional republic is kept sound. Here, let me go to Marcella in Crosby, Texas, first up uh, to comment on this. Marcella, welcome to the program. I'm Brett Witterbull, sitting in for Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, so, the, you know, I've never been a political junkie like I have in this go-round. <laughs> right. And I've been watching this fairly closely, and it just blows my mind. And I can speak for probably everyone around me, especially in, in our state, you know, that's watching everything that's going on, all the evidence, you know, whether it's uh, folks coming forward or, or numbers or even, you know, statistics, you know. Mm-hmm. And the one big lingering question that nobody 
probably can even answer, but I'd like to kind of hear your input on it is, how are they even getting away with this? I mean, they're doing it out in the open, the cheating and, and the, you know, the dismissing these court cases and just, you know, mm-hmm. us getting nowhere and us, you know, being the Trump and, and you know, team and, and our president. And are they really going to get away with it? I mean, can... Yeah. Here, I, 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 I mean? can answer that for you. Mar- Marcella, I can help you out. Here's the thing. We have to remember there's a process that's going to play out between now and the 6th. And uh, there's a lot of, of maneuvering and movement that is going to take place. The process moves in a slow fashion, but it moves in a deliberate fashion. I'm not ready yet to throw in the towel. And I've got further thoughts on this straight ahead. I'm Brett Witterbull sitting in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Thank you, Johnny. I am Brett Witterbull. You can follow me on Twitter at Winterbull Show, Winter BLE Show. And uh, you hear me every day, Monday through Friday, from 3 to 6 p.m. here on News Talk 1110993 WBT in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, I wanted to f- flesh out the answer to Marcella's question there in that last uh, in that last break before we, we went out uh, for, for a break. And it was this. We have got to wait and watch how this process plays out. We also have to operate with an eye towards what's going on in Georgia, because it's going to be immensely important. That election is coming up right around the corner. And I'd be curious to get your thoughts, your sense, your gut take on what it is that's going to happen in Georgia. Uh, Do you feel like uh, Leffler and David Perdue are going to uh, uh, prevail in that race? What's your sense? Are you a little maybe are you a little are you a little gun shy now? Are we allowed to say gun shy? Has that, has that been a stricken uh, phrase? But are you a little bit gun shy now? Are you a little worried because you've seen chicanery in other places? Maybe you have some doubts about the, uh, the, the setup of things there uh, in Georgia. But I, I can tell you just from some of the anecdotal stuff I'm hearing about, and I'm certainly heartened by watching Josh Hawley say he wants to challenge uh, inside the Senate uh, these, uh, these, these results. Um, I, I am heartened to hear some of the buzz that's out there. Things like, well, maybe Chuck Schumer, who famously declared that uh, first we uh, first we take uh, first we take Georgia and then we change America. Uh, sounds like he may be pulling out a little bit. Sounds like he may be backing down a little bit uh, in terms of the fundraising and the tempo. The president of the United States, Donald Trump, the president of the United States, Donald Trump. I want to be clear about that. Is going to be going into campaign uh, for Leffler. And, and, and for Purdue, that's significant, so significant that Joe Biden, who represents the office of the president-elect, that's what the banner says behind him, uh, is, is also going to try to go in there. I'm just wondering if you're going to see a huge crowd of people in one place and a, and a car party over here in this other place. It's just going to be kind of interesting uh, to, to watch play out. But this is going to be instrumental moving forward as you look to the, the challenges that may be coming on the 6th of January. There's a lot of pieces that are moving. Again, my admonition from that last segment when I said these are not 60-minute procedurals that get resolved. Like, okay, and the bad guy went away. They're going to drag this out. Think about this for a quick second. We're talking about the power of talk radio. I'm going to go back out on the phones here in just a second. Think about what it took to mount a full-scale beach landing against the current administration. Think about what it took. High tech, big tech, Wall Street, entrenched swampers. It took uh, the, the, the swamps in the various states. It took Hollyweird, Silicon Valley, and the whole lot of them with the networks to get together to attempt to demoralize you. That's what a high bar it was to try to bum America out. Oh, and the little thing called COVID. 
just because you're isolated from from your friends, your family, don't think that there's an absence of passion out there. There is not. Don't think there's an absence of concern, an absence of willingness to sacrifice and fight in the best political ways. That reservoir is still, is still brimming full. In large measure because of the man that hosts this program Monday through Friday, Rush Limbaugh. Let me go out and talk to Jim next up. Jim, welcome to the program. I'm Brett Winterbull. Hey, Brett, how you doing? I'm doing well, sir. Long time, long time KSEV, original 790, Houston, Texas listener. Wow, that is awesome. 20, 25 years old. Your, your monologue motivated me to call in. Your passion for radio, mm-hmm. your passion for Rush. Uh, the last 33 years I've listened to Rush have been truly inspirational. Uh, he's, he's formatted my mind, my ability to portray a good conservative person to, to the country, my friends. Uh, I just, my prayers are with him. Uh, he's had, always had an all-star list of uh, support, like yourself, Thank you. to sit in and, and take the, the golden microphone and, and do your job. And uh, I want to give a shout-out to the man that turned me on to Rush in 1985, a good friend of mine from Lafayette, Louisiana, Jim DeCoo. He said, buddy, you've got to listen to this guy. Turn the radio on now. So, That's again, amazing. thank you for what you do. Hey, thank you. I appreciate you being out there, Jim, and, uh, and checking in. Uh, the, the passion that is out there is it, it, it's an amazing thing because when you go to these, these dark moments or these concerning moments or, or a sense that you can't do it, well, you can. It just takes figuring out the best way to get to those steps. That's hugely important. Uh, Don, in Coopersburg, Pennsylvania. Oh, Pennsylvania, right there in the midst of, of, of so much. Good to have you on the program, Don. Welcome, and what's on your mind? Well, I want to tell you one thing. I found Rush the second week he was on, mm-hmm. and I've been listening to him ever since. I'm a truck driver, retired now, but... Uh, I want to know if the news media is going to be uh, looked at real hard for the reason why there's going to be so many riots when Rush actually pulls this out, or not Rush, Trump pulls Mm -hmm. this out, because they're not saying that there's any possibility. They've already put Biden in, and when he pulls it out, they're going to go nuts, because they're nuts anyway. That's so, what I want to know. Okay, all right, Jim. Uh, uh, Don, I appreciate you uh, calling from Coopersburg, Pennsylvania. So one of the greatest pieces of advice that I've ever gotten from anybody was this. Do not live in the wreckage of the future. Don't live in the wreckage of the future. Uh, Michael Jordan in, in the 30 for 30 series uh, that, that, that he was a part of uh, just, uh, just a, a number of months ago said that he, he doesn't worry about the shot he hasn't yet taken. So you can't worry about what the reaction is going to be from people uh, as, as a means of dissuading you from pushing forward on a noble path or a righteous path. Why? Because essentially you're creating a, a heckler's veto, right? The, the heckler's veto. We, we know that this person is going to come and speak at a college campus, but we can't let them do it because they're going to offend us. So what do you say we, we get together and cancel them? Because, you know, 
people might get upset. People might get angry. People might disagree. There may be an argument. Somebody may act inappropriately. So let's just not have the debate. Let's not have the discussion. I mean, I'm, I'm old enough to remember 1995. Bill Clinton, who, who introed me uh, just a couple of segments ago, Bill Clinton coming out and, and saying that talk radio was the reason and Rush Limbaugh was the reason. For, for what happened in, 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 in Oklahoma City, and that, that when I get off the airwaves here in, San, in uh, St. Louis, the Rush Limbaugh is going to have three hours to say, yeah, it's called speech. It's called debate. It's called having opinions. Every American in this country is entitled to the same thing, the rights enshrined in the Bill of Rights, free speech. Free assembly, redress of grievances, freedom of religion, the the right to keep and bear arms. Those rights are afforded to every single American in this country. But for the reaction from a group of Americans that might be unpalatable, scary, frightening, what have you, we should not defend those rights. We go all over the world fighting wars to ensure free and fair elections, don't we? Well, let's find out. We're not saying the outcome is going to be this or that. What we're saying is, let's look at it. Let's not give in to the heckler's veto. Let's not give, it in, give in to the potential rioter's veto. Because that's a huge mistake. We need to understand the single most important lesson living in America today. We live in this country. We are stewards of this country. But this country does not belong to us. It belongs to the generations who came before us plus us and the generations still to come. Do you want to hand your nation to a freeborn generation with the rights and freedoms that you have today? I think you do. I do. I wouldn't be optimistic like this if I didn't have kids and thereby skin in the game. 1-800-282-2882. I'm Brett Whittable. In for Rush Limbaugh. It's great to be here with you. Uh, let me jump out and take another call here real quick. I want to talk to Sylvia in Fresno, California, a very important part of the state, a vital part of our uh, of our nation when it comes to uh, the ag that we get and the uh, San Joaquin Valley being st- uh, starved of water by uh, Diane Feinstein because of the uh, Delta smelt, etc. Sylvia, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Thank you. Thank you. I am a Hispanic, and I, I just wanted to say I was the registered Democrat until... 2016, I, I did switch. I became a re- registered Republican. And I just wanted to say that, you know, in addition to the stop the still signs and the stop the still uh, uh, slogans, I want to see some signs that just say Trump won. That's it. Just signs that say Trump won and have it at the rallies and have it at the rallies the next week. And we need to repeat that and keep it in the positive. You know, keep it simple. Because that's something that everyone can can latch on to. Trump won. And then when they start saying, you know, we're gonna we're trying to overturn an election, we're not overturning an election. We're correcting the fraudulent results from an election. We're just correcting it. We're not overturning it. So I just wanted to put that out there. I wanted mm-hmm. to let people think about that and, and make their signs that say Trump won. Um, when they say, you know, he's a dictator, no, he won. Period. So and we could keep it just so simple. So, uh, look, s- simple messages work the best. Uh, no doubt, right? Build that wall. Yes. Make America yes. great again. Um, yes. No more endless yes. wars, those sorts of things. So let me ask you, what Trump was the... Trump won. Uh, it, there you go, Trump won. 
What was your transformational moment? What was it that got you to say, okay, this is not paying me the dividends I want in the state of California. Instead, I, I'm going to go in a different direction. What was that moment that did it for you? Well, I've always been a pro-life Democrat. I, I very much wanted the Democratic Party to, to recognize the pro-life movement. In uh, 2016, I was actually wanting to switch over for uh, Ted Cruz. <laughs> and when Ted Cruz didn't win uh, and I started listening to the messages of Trump, then I realized, you know, this is the way I have to go. We saw. And so I, so I we, changed my. I, I registered. We saw so many um, Hispanic Americans uh, come around to to Donald Trump's messaging, to President Trump's messaging, going into this election, and there was a hard fought sale that took place with uh, with trying to marginalize Latino support, Hispanic support, and it was striking to me because you are behind the blue curtain. You're in a red spot in the state of California, but you're behind the blue curtain and, and, and you are there in uh, 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 Newsom's den uh, and, and you're having to live with these lockdowns and you're having to live with being outnumbered and outvoted and out all that sort of stuff. But you know what one of the bright spots is about the state of California? I, I just left it in February to come here to Charlotte. One of the bright spots is, I believe, if I have the math right, California produced the most Trump voters of any state in the country. And that is a hugely important thing to uh, to understand. And, and I want to talk about this for a quick second. Thank you for the call, Sylvia, and a very happy new year to you. I left the state of California in February and came out here to WBT in Charlotte. Uh, I jumped at the opportunity. I had, I had lived in L.A. I had lived in San Diego. I, I, I love the state of California. I absolutely do. But I understood the realities of what it is that's happening in the state of California. They're twofold. One, overtaxed, overregulated. There's no bigger manifestation of that as I speak to the great radio stations across the state of California uh, today. There's no bigger testimony of that than the lockdowns and the explosion of COVID. But we remember what, what the topic was before the explosion of COVID. The topic was homelessness, the inability to control your streets, drug uh, abuse, mental illness on the streets, uh, a committed state government that wants to release people from prison out onto the streets, a, a, a state that was committed to suing the administration so that immigration laws would not be enforced. I mean, all of this stuff works in tandem to the demoralization of a state and of communities because you don't have the civic pride that you know you should have. You land in anywhere in the state of California, you look at that state, it is beautiful. It is uniquely blessed, but cursed with horrible policies. So here I am in the Carolinas. I've moved here, registered my vehicles, purchased real estate. I am registered to vote in the state of South Carolina. And in October, I receive at my address... Here, where I live, I receive a ballot from the state of California to vote in the election. It was addressed. It wasn't forwarded with a sticker on it. It was addressed directly to my home address in the Carolinas. And I said to myself, how would they have gotten my address? I don't know how they got this address. And I realized I had to send an attestation to the DMV, to prove that I had registered the vehicle not in California, I had moved it out, and I had registered it here in South Carolina. I had to show them proof. I sent them a, a form and my title and all that kind of stuff. 
It means they pulled ballots randomly out of the DMV database, which means in the state of California, you may be a hotbed for fraud because everybody who has a DMV connection would have gotten the ballot that was sent out and mailed out. You want to talk about wholesale institutional disenfranchisement all the while. The state still produces the most Trump voters of any state. Oh, yeah, we're taking a look. We're taking a long, hard look. Because if it happened here, it can happen there and there and there and there. And as long as we, the people, are not unified in this effort to get to the truth, they'll keep us weakened, refuse to be weakened. 800-282-2882. Brett Witterbull in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Brett Witterbull in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB radio network. It is great to be here. I, I, I got a question that came to me that I'm going to answer the question. I, I'm going to answer this question, Mike. It came to me in a direct message on Twitter, and it's this. What was it like the first day you screened for Rush? It's actually a pretty good question. That was, that's a pretty good question, Mike. So let me just tell you what it was like. I was sitting in the studio. Kit Carson was actually doing the screening. He looks at me. He goes, you want to screen some calls? I jump in. I start screening calls. And uh, the rest is history. Literally. I I had so much fun talking to people that I would like end up getting kind of caught up in the conversation. And Kit's like, put him up. Put him up. He wants calls. Put him up. And so I would put him up. And uh, it it was an exhilarating and exciting time to be alive. It really was. It was the end of the Clinton term. And we were heading into George W. Bush, and I was thrilled and addicted, and I still am to this day. Coming up, another hour, Brett Witterman on the EIB Network. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on Prize Picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less, every time you play. You pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four picks. More player action on prize picks now than ever. And it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. 
Price Picks also gives you injury insurance so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free Prize Picks app and open your account. Use my name, Clay, for a first deposit match up to $100. Download the Prize Picks app. Use promo code Clay, that's C L A Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. A thrill and a pleasure and an honor to be here for uh, Rush Limbaugh. By the way, folks, this is the uh, normal wintertime break that Rush takes every single year, uh, usually Christmas to New Year's. We expect him back next week, and uh, he'll be fired up and ready to go. What a busy week it's going to be next week, by the way. I mean, you, you've got Josh Hawley coming out earlier today. We were talking about uh, justthenews.com uh, reporting this. number of other outlets are reporting this, that uh, there's going to be a challenge inside the Senate. Tommy Tuberville, the new, the new senator coming in out of Alabama, he was, he was kind of hinting that he joined the effort, but you actually have Josh Hawley, that young gun out of Missouri, uh, making the argument that, ah, you know what, I think I'm going to challenge. And then you got these House members who want to challenge in the House. So this is going to get very interesting, folks. This is going to be the story to watch. And then you compound that with Georgia, the Georgia Senate race. Let's go to the uh, uh, 50,000-foot view here for a quick second. We need to understand something about the COVID epidemic, pandemic, virus situation that we're dealing with in our country. And this affects Georgia directly. We are currently living in a man-made disaster. Think about all the shutdowns, the unemployment, the calls for $2,000 stimulus checks, the, the, the calls for $600 stimulus checks, the, the calls for money to Pakistani transgender studies, or, or the money that's going to go to Cambodia, or the money that's going to go to Egypt, or any of these other places around the world. Think about all this mess. And when you really boil it down, it's a man-made disaster brought to you by the governors and bureaucrats who created all of this. All of this. Why do you have mail-in ballots? Why do you have mail-in voting? Why do you do it? France got rid of it in 1975. Why do you have mail-in ballots? Why do you have mail-in voting? Why do you have controls over what time of day you can be out on the street, how many people can be in your house, whether or not you can worship in a church? Why do you have these restrictions? Man-made disaster. The governors and the bureaucrats created every bit of this. Local authorities created misery. And now they look to the feds to clean up the mess that the locals made. I'm not diminishing COVID-19 at all. 
I know people. I know people personally who have lost their lives in this fight. I get it. I take it seriously. I wear a mask. I wash my hands. They're crackling dry right now from all the washing I'm doing. And that's not just because of the normal winter weather. I'm doing all that stuff. I'm doing all. I'm social distancing. It's a, it's a great excuse not to be around people I don't like. I'm kidding. But it's, it's, I'm, I'm doing all the stuff that you're supposed to do with the protocols. I'm doing it. I take it seriously. Don't worry. Brett Winterbull sitting in for Rush Limbaugh does not say, neither did Rush, neither did Trump, that this is a hoax. What the Democrats did with it was a lot of the hoax involved. Steve Greenhut, in Reason Magazine back in 2012, had a piece called Government is Not Your Friend. It's important to remember this front and center in your mind. Businesses need to earn a profit, but the price of its products is determined by competition, which relentlessly drives down costs and increases efficiencies as the less able providers go out of business. There's no place to offload private costs onto the public in a free market, even though some businesses will despicably lobby the government for special privileges and bailouts. You just saw that in this new COVID bill. Advocates for government efficiency need only look at the Soviet Union where thousands of unneeded tractors rusted in vacant lots as the public waited in line for toilet paper. Private industry creates wealth. Government efforts consume wealth. If my neighbor starts a business, he must win over customers without coercion. He can't force them to patronize the businesses or to pay his expenses. He was 100% right when he said that back in 2012. Steve Greenhut. But what do we have? We have government at every level, local, municipal, county, state, federal, picking winners and losers. You and I both know that. I've watched dozens and dozens of businesses go out of business here in Charlotte and in cities around the country. Why is it that people are able to go to the big box store, but you can't go eat a hot dog in a fast food place if you control the number of people that are in it. Why is it that you can eat a hot dog at the big C store that everybody loves to go and buy the 40 gallons of mayonnaise at? You you can eat hot dogs and pizza there, but you can't go to Mama's Pizzeria and have a slice of pizza. Because the government is picking winners and losers. Government knows one thing. Control. Government understands one thing, control and spending your money. And if you don't have any kind of a veto, that's all to the good for the government. By the way, while we're at it, now that you have a a, a loaded gun to the head of the economy, what comes next? If we do a, a $2 trillion bailout bill, a $4 trillion bailout bill, where does it end? Where does it end? Debt is piling up. Deficits are piling up. And you have a presidential candidate in Joe Biden and a vice presidential candidate in Kamala Harris who want to do a $4 trillion tax bill. Hey, let's take an economy that's struggling and now take two pounds bags of cement and make you run across the Sahara Desert barefoot with it. That's $4 trillion in tax hikes. And yet the one thing you never hear from the big government types, especially at the federal level, You don't hear it from Pelosi or Schiff. You don't hear it from Swalwell or DiFi. You don't hear it from Ted Lieu 
or, or any member of the Democratic congressional delegation in the House of Representatives, you don't hear a single word of blame going to the Chinese Communist Party. Oh, China's doing an investigation now. We got this story that's come out. China's doing an investigation. They're going to investigate the source of the COVID. Let me short-circuit the investigation into the source of COVID. The People's Republic of China, Xi Jinping, will figure out that the people that deployed the COVID were the Uyghurs in the concentration camps out in Xinjiang province, out in western China, where you actually have people who are commanded as slaves, impressed into service with no human rights, and the Chinese have them picking cotton. They'll blame the people least able to sustain the blame. They'll blame the freedom and democracy protesters in Hong Kong. They'll blame everybody but where the blame belongs. The fetid, rotten, rotting, crooked system of CCP, politics and economy in a brutal fascistic combo platter. You don't hear a single Democrat going out in front of a television camera and blaming China. I watched him blame Trump. I watched him blame Mitch. I watched him blame Republicans. I watched him blame everybody under the sun from from the governor of Texas to the governor of Florida. I watched it all, but I've never heard a word about China. So we have this election coming up. We have this election coming up in Georgia. This is a central issue. The reason why Leffler and Purdue need to be returned to the Senate is to thwart another four trillion in tax increases. Georgia, I'm talking to you. You need to thwart the, the reinstatement of the Iranian nuclear deal, the suck up Paris climate accords. You need to thwart what is likely going to be an explosion of court packing and granting state status to territories and areas like Washington, D.C. So you have Washington, D.C., you got Puerto Rico. We're going to make them states so we create a permanent majority of Democrat control inside the Senate. That's what's at stake inside the state of Georgia. That's what's at stake. And I get it. People are mad at Kemp. They're mad at Ruppersberger. They're mad at all these people. The fact of the matter is you don't cut off your nose to spite your face because ultimately Georgia can determine the direction of this republic. And we're not even... I'm not even addressing the the issues involving reviewing the election results. I'm talking about the long-term damage done to the American economy, the long-term damage done to the United States of America. So I think you have to answer this question. What do you want in a senator? Do you want them to be smart, to be woke, to be competent? What do you want? When the NFL wants a smart player, a quarterback, they give them the wonderlick test. No such thing exists in politics. I'll tell you what you want when it comes to a senator. You want a senator who, by design, is supposed to represent the state's interests in the Senate. Sure, we come up a bit short. But I want someone who won't kill the economy. I want someone who's accountable. But most of all, I want someone who's going to follow the Constitution and not read some secret special messaging inside the penumbra of the moon Yada, yada, yada. So when we come back, because we're due for a break here, when we come back, David Perdue is pulling an amazing strategy against John Ossoff. 
He's treating the progressives exactly like they should be treated. Like wayward youngsters who really don't understand what they're playing with. He's putting out the word that China is a very serious and dangerous threat. And you can't be sucking up. And you can't be cuddling up with Xi Jinping because it will come back to bite America. 800-282-2882. I'm Brett Witterbull in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Radio Network. I'm Brett Witterbull. That's me. I got to say the name. I'm sorry. I have to say it. I'm a, I'm a place in Dallas. I'm a place in Tampa. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all over the place. I'm on the entire EIB Network right now, and I'm having a great time. If you don't know who I am, well, I'll tell you who I am. I'm an alumnus. I'm an alumni. Am I actually an alumni of, of the Limbaugh Institute of Advanced Conservative Studies? Do I, do I count it? Do, do I count as an alumni of that? Because nobody ever graduates. I know that nobody ever graduates, but I'm an alumni. I was a, uh, I was a screener with the show. I, I worked on the program uh, for, uh, for a number of years. Uh, I started when I was a, a wee small youngin, uh, 25 years old, and then spent a whole bunch of time with Rush. Uh, this, is, this is the honor of my lifetime to talk to this amazing audience. And I am going to go to the phones, but first I have to praise one thing that's happening in Georgia. And I'm curious to get your thoughts on this upcoming Georgia special election that's taking place with, with Ossoff facing Purdue and Warnock facing Leffler. Are you feeling optimistic or are you maybe feeling pessimistic? Are you worried they're going to steal it? Are you worried we're going to come up short? What's your feeling on this election? Because you do have a contrast to consider between these, these two uh, uh, challengers to the incumbents, right? In the case of uh, Raphael Warnock, you got a lot of baggage and questions about things like his support for Reverend Jeremiah Wright and the, uh, the, 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 uh, the famous uh, uh, homily or... or uh, you know, sort of a speech that he gave there in the church that uh, people were offended by with the GD America. Uh, you, you have on the other side of the ledger, of course, John Ossoff, who's a 33-year-old, uh, coming up, uh, has a media company, but it turns out John Ossoff also has business ties with the PRC, and that is N-O-G-O-O-D. That's no good. You don't want to have that happen. I told you, I was, I was in Georgia this past weekend driving around checking things out, and David Perdue has figured out a great way to call out the impressionable young liberals like John Ossoff. And even Eric Swalwell. Has the New York Times even covered Swalwell yet? I don't think they have. Well, John Ossoff ha- has really only done one thing, and he calls himself a documentary journalist. His biggest client in the last nine years in a business that his father bought for him was... Al Jazeera shows bad judgment. It shows that it's a a dangerous thing on the back of the Swalwell scandal, the Hunter Biden scandals. What is it about these young guns like Swalwell and Ossoff that Fang Fang, Fung Fung, and and the rest of the folks uh, trying to compromise members of our congressional and senatorial delegations? What's going on here? Well, uh, David Perdue uh, is, is laying these charges and he's saying essentially this is, this is a, a naive and impressionable young liberal. John Ossoff is just like Eric Swalwell. Here's a, here's a little bit of sound on this uh, Cut 18. I'm David Perdue, and I approve this message. News reports recently uncovered that John Ossoff's being paid by the communist Chinese government through a media company with ties to a tech giant accused of spying. 
Ossoff didn't disclose to federal authorities that he's personally profiting from the same Chinese government that gave us COVID. Unbelievable, but absolutely true. John Ossoff won't hold China accountable. He works for them. I mean, that is a... But I'm here to tell you that there is a document, and I have it right here. This is his July filing where he disclosed to the federal government that he, in fact, did work for them. Now, there's a responsibility here he needs to own up to because sooner or later, we need somebody in the United States Senate that will stand up to communist China. That's a hugely important point. That is a hugely important point. You have to call it out. Look, past is prologue. And, and it's important to understand that if you're willing to get in bed with that, with that country on, on any level, you have got to understand that you need to be operating as an American first and foremost, a patriot first and foremost. You shouldn't be chasing a couple of bucks because you're able to get it from the CCP. That is a huge, huge mistake. That is a huge mistake. That is a huge error in judgment. And so as a consequence, I don't think you can trust these young, these young guns like uh, Eric Swalwell, who pulled America into an impeachment uh, and kept saying the Russians were the thing and not the Chinese. And in addition, distracted us uh, from from the, the reality of COVID coming this way towards our country, putting us in jeopardy. You, you never heard Eric Swalwell give a single speech about China. You never heard Adam Schiff hold a single hearing about China and the COVID virus. That's the Intelligence Committee that Swalwell is also on. You never heard a single speech given by Speaker Pelosi or any of the other leaders in that in that end of things. And Dianne Feinstein was compromised for better than 20 years by a driver of hers who was working for the PRC. So these are all deadly serious things with deadly serious consequences. And so what what does Joe Biden have to say about this? Well, Joe Biden says the way we're going to secure America is a mask mandate. This is cut number 20. Go. Day challenge. I'm going to be asking... As part of the 100-day challenge, I'm going to be asking the American people to wear a mask for the first 100 days of my administration. It's not a political statement. It's a patriotic duty. Our administration is going to require mask wearing where I have the power to do so. Oh my God. For federal workers, in federal facilities, on interstate travel like planes and trains. And we've been working directly with county officials, mayors, governors to implement mask mandates in their cities and their towns and their states. Masking has been a divisive issue in this country. But COVID is a killer in red states and blue states alike. So I encourage you all to wear a mask. Encourage your family and friends to do the same. It's one of the easiest things we can do that will make a huge difference and to save lives. Sure it will. Okay, fine. But can you take off the blinders when it comes to China? I get that you're going to put on the mask to save yourself from the COVID, but can you take off the blinders when it comes to China? This is a very serious issue at hand here, and I want to hear from you folks at 800-282-2882. 800-282-2882. Optimistic, pessimistic about what's coming out of uh, uh, the Georgia results. Plenty more Rush Limbaugh shows straight ahead. So as we know, it is a tough time to be living in American cities. It's a tough, tough time to be living in American cities and uh, deal with the COVID and the desperation that has set in because businesses have been shut down. People are having a tough time paying their rent. All of that, as I mentioned, because it's a man-made disaster. It's a man-made uh, situation. But the, the Washington Post has a very interesting story 
uh, that's just out there in their paper. And, and, and the headline kind of tells you uh, everything that you need to know. And, and it's this. In D.C., black families reel from the death of hundreds of people from COVID. Well, that's a very serious point. But absent in the equation, absent in the conversation, is any recognition that, that there is also an epidemic of violence organically taking place in America's cities. All you have to do is queue up uh, the, the great Google machine or the, the Firefox or whatever it is you want to use and punch in murder spikes in cities. In fact... You can name a city and write murder spike or crime spike, and it's going to come right out. You have got thousands of people losing their lives around the country. And the media is silent. Why? Because COVID is easier to sell? Because COVID is easier to uh, point to? COVID is, is, is more uh, desirable as a narrative? Then is street violence caused by the fact that the police have been have been told that they're going to be defunded and that they can't police in the way they have in the past? As early as August of this year, there was a headline in the Wall Street Journal that said homicide spike hits most large U.S. cities. Why is that? Why would that be the case? In fact, U.S. News had four theories about why homicides are spiking in U.S. cities. 2020 murder increase is unprecedented, but it's a blip. That's December 14th in the Christian Science Monitor. Consider these headlines. They minimize, they diminish, they reduce the importance of public safety. Now, why does this matter to you? I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here in Charlotte at WBT. I do my show from 3 to 6 right here, having a great time. And I'm going to tell you something that's incredible when you really think about this. We've got a record number of homicides here in Charlotte. Now, some of them may end up being reclassified as not murders, uh, but but for the for the numbers right now coming out of the Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department in Charlotte, North Carolina, you have a spike in this violence on the streets. This community, like so many others, were shut down for seven weeks. So you're not even looking at a trending 52-week number. You're looking at a much reduced footprint. So you've compressed these these homicides into maybe a 10-month window. 123, 10-month window. I can still do math. 12.3 homicides in a month? 12.3 homicides in a month across four weeks? Three homicides a week? Where is that supposed to happen? How is that supposed to happen? New Orleans saw a spike of over 50% this year. It's a blip. Homicides in Baltimore exploding. It's a blip. What do these cities all have in common? They all have in common blue city politicians. You've got typically district attorneys who are looking to get rid of bail, looking to toss uh, any sort of uh, uh, felony uh, gun stops, any of that sort of stuff. Let people out. Let them run through that revolving door. Go right back out onto the streets. Rinse and repeat. New York City is a disaster. It is a disaster for the violence and the hopelessness. Again, man, 
man-made disasters. Everything, everything that has happened has been caused by politicians. Look, Andrew Cuomo is the governor of New York. Andrew Cuomo put 6,000 patients into the nursing homes right, with, with the COVID, and you ended up losing 6,000 people. They lost their lives because of the COVID. Is there no responsibility? I hear these Truth and Reconciliation Commissions being talked about for them. We need a Truth and Reconciliation Commission. We need, we need to make a list of all those who enabled Trump and hold them to account. How about we hold to account Mayor Lightfoot, de Blasio, the mayor of Baltimore, Los Angeles, San Francisco, St. Louis, how about we hold those people to account, the people in charge, the district attorneys? Because ultimately, who pays the price? Yes, it's communities of color. Yes, it's people who may be on the lower economic scale. Yes, it's residents who don't have any options to get out of a community. At the end of the day, it's the most vulnerable who bear the greatest burden because of the woke fantasies of Ivy League graduates. You know, I've been sitting here thinking about my Harvard degree, and I think I'm going to remake policing. I think I'm going to make it more gentle, more kind, more understanding. Do you know that in Ted Wheeler's uh, Portland, Ted Wheeler has, has told the cops, sorry, you're not getting any money. You're not getting any more support. You're on your own in the Rose City. What, what are you doing? Who ends up suffering? Kids, women, the elderly, unable to defend themselves. And it makes the cops go bonkers because they want to respond to calls for service. They want to come out and protect people. They want to come out and make sure that the streets are safe. That's their calling in life. To run to the scene of the trauma. To save lives. To protect the innocent. And they're told. That that's out of line. Oh, those things that are happening on your streets, Mr. and Mrs. Law Enforcement Officer, those are blips. Every blip with those statistic, statistics represents a life lost, represents potential destroyed, represents a family traumatized, represents a message to the American people that these folks pushing these policies are not to be taken seriously as leaders of communities but instead only look to carve off the different portions of the community that will add up enough to their vote count so that they will continue to be able to serve in that capacity in short it's a war on the least fortunate it's a war on the individuals most vulnerable and the politicians just want to look the other way, ride in the town car, go to the workout session, go to the restaurant, not wear the mask, and look down on the little people. The secret sauce of what President Trump did when he got elected in 2016 was really easy to understand. You heard it, you heard it laid out by a caller from Fresno, Sylvia, just, a, just a, about an hour ago. Simple. Messaging, direct, 
messaging. It doesn't have to be a complicated policy paper. It has to be the recognition that people who live in communities have a right to go to and from work without getting shot. They shouldn't get COVID. They shouldn't get shot. And we ought to take that as seriously as we take anything else. That's such a simple message. That's never going to work, Brad. It's absolutely not a simple message. It's a message that resonates. 2016, Donald Trump becomes president-elect Trump becomes President Trump. Do you know how he ran his campaign? Essentially, when you dial it down, he ran the campaign like you would a mayoral campaign. Safe streets, lower taxes, better infrastructure, and that rocked the swamp. That was a bridge too far. It's why he's fighting for his presidency right now, and it's why Georgia is such an important place. 1-800-282-2882. 1-800-282-2882. We'll go to the phones straight ahead. I'm Brett Witterbull, in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. It is uh, great to be here with you. I'm Brett Witterbull, 800-282-2882, sitting in for Rush Limbaugh. Uh, The highest honor that I've ever been paid in the in, in the world of broadcasting is the opportunity to sit here with the uh, with the smartest, most uh, uh, influential audience in all of talk radio. And, and Rush has built it every single brick of the way. So what do you say we go out and talk to some of the great listeners, including Jeff in Janesville, Wisconsin? Jeff, welcome to the program. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, George, not an optimist. Um, it's it seems uh, as long as conscientious red counties, the majority report ahead of blue counties, um, they know just how many votes to print. And in a bigger in a bigger sense, here's my concern. Civil litigation is slow. It's got to go through a series of Democrat hat judges before it finally at best gets before a Supreme Court justice who doesn't appear to have a spine and cares more about what the New York Times thinks than he does about the law. Congressional hearings, equally slow, rather toothless. And even if they come up with a bombshell, the media is not going to report it. This is, it's not the Republican Party versus the Democrat Party. It's the Republican Party versus an organized crime syndicate that happens to go by the name of the Democrat Party. This is a Justice Department issue. This needs to be investigated under the RICO organized crime statutes. Mm -hmm. People need to be threatened with jail time if they don't cooperate with the investigation. How many agents do they send to a, a noose supposedly hanging from a garage door? Come on. Get your act together, Justice Department. This is your your act to follow. Look, that's the frustration. I understand this frustration. I hear it myself in my daily travels. And the reality is, how are you going to fix it? I get that you're you're pessimistic about uh, the Georgia elections. Uh, how? What are you going to do to fix it? How do we go to fix this? Because I can okay. only think of one. I can think of only one remedy. But go ahead. You tell me what it is. I think of one remedy. Rush suggested voter ID. That's great long term. But yep. even even that can be made fraudulent. Red counties, hold your votes. Do not report your votes if that's a violation of some Georgia policy or law, since when do Democrats care about policy or law? Hold your votes. Let the blue state, blue counties report first, the corrupt ones. They won't know how many ballots to print. And this is a great setup for the Justice Department. They can be laying in wait because the Democrats are just brazen enough to try and do it again. Listen, I think that's a fantastic idea. Hold back. Let's see you show your cards onto the table before we show our cards onto the table. I, I, I respect that a lot. Uh, Jeff, I think that's a, that's a great way to approach it. And let's hope that those red counties, those red districts, are going to hold them back in, uh, in, in, in reserve until we see what's coming out of the blue counties. And again, I'd have to ask the question, what time, what time the night of the election will the pipe burst? 
I mean, because we all we all we all got uh, the banana and the tailpipe on that one. A little Beverly Hills Cop reference. Let me go back out and talk to Kirk. Kirk, you're up next. Welcome to the program, Lake Ozark, Missouri. Thank you very much. <clears throat> Real quick, I want to personally thank Rush Limbaugh for changing my life, for helping me learn to not be afraid of success. And I hope he hears that because it changed my life. Uh, on a second quick note, I was listening to a. A substitute talk show host out of Jefferson City, who was a liberal, and admitted that there was fraud in the election, but not enough to turn over the right. uh, election, you know, to invite favor. And my point is, if you're going to cheat, what's the point in cheating unless you're going to win? Why would you cheat and lose or just, you know, didn't make a difference kind of thing? If I'm going to cheat at something, which I wouldn't do, I'm going to cheat so I win, not cheat and then lose. So obviously, you know, he's misinformed, and I was so frustrated to listen yeah. to him because he said that he said that all the evidence uh-huh. can be refuted if it's allowed to be cross-examined. And what say you? Uh, listen, I, I think uh, we should work to squeeze out any any of the fraud that's in there. Uh, we should work to, to get a clean election. And if we're going to go in and say, well, it's not really enough fraud, it's not a lot of fraud. Well, how much is an acceptable amount of fraud? That's the number I'd like to get from that progressive talk show host. How much is a is a, is an acceptable amount of fraud? Twenty votes, fifty votes, a hundred votes. Tell me, tell me again how. Uh, how it is that counterfeit votes uh, add to the process of participation. Neil, you're up next. Welcome to the program in uh, Gig Harbor, Washington. Right. We really need to change our messaging on what's happening with voter fraud. I keep hearing people say that, you know, dead people voted and talking about it like it just happens, like it's a machine, but it's right. not. Somebody filled out that ballot. That's right. Somebody got the and actually colored it in, signed someone else's name, and they're not doing it on onesies and twosies. They're doing it on thousands. As soon as we can track down that person and try and flip them, then we can start to figure out who they're working for. And these people also, this, these vo- this voter fraud also has victims. Somebody's had their vote stolen. Yep. The best thing I saw was down in um, Georgia during the, the, the hearings down there, a 22-year-old girl stand up and say, I went to go vote, and they told me I had already voted because someone ordered an absentee ballot in my name. Mm-hmm. Who did that? That's a great question. And that's just a tragedy. I mean, for this girl to not be allowed to vote, she voted provisionally, but we still don't know whether it was the first one that was fraudulent or whether it was her vote that was counted. These are victims and someone's doing the crime. We need to find out who. Bravo, Neil, in Gig Harbor, Washington. You absolutely nailed it. There, There can't be the system failed. We've heard the system failed constantly as sort of the generic excuse. We have to know who failed in the system, who hacked the system, who committed the fraud, and hold them to account. Straight ahead, a thought on how real ID could play into this. I'm Brett Whittable, in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Okay, so we know that there was a problem with people getting driver's licenses that shouldn't get driver's licenses, so you ended up with a real ID program, right? You got to get that real ID to fly on a plane, to rent a car, do all the sorts of things that have to happen. Well, Listen, here's a good way to fix that problem. What do you say we work voter integrity into the Real ID program or something like that? You must, to participate in the Real ID program, purge your voter rolls every 10 years and make people re-register. How many times do you register your vehicle? Every single year you pay the fee to re-register, don't you? So what do you say we purge the voter rolls every 10 years? Like the census. When the census comes around, we're going to purge the voter rolls. And if a state decides they don't want to comply and they don't want to be a part of it, Well, then guess what? 
We're not going to certify your residents and citizens to be users of Real ID. I think it's an amendment that you could put together once you get to 2022 and, and you have the uh, the Republicans take back over. You're going to get redistricting. You're, you're going to get reapportionment, all that sort of stuff. I think that's a good way to go. I, I know it's it's means it's going to take time to work. But remember, all we got is time. All we have is is our industriousness and our energy. Look. The host of this show, Rush Limbaugh, doesn't give up. I've watched him overcome a ton of adversity. His very career was based on overcoming adversity and doubts. It's important to believe in yourself and to believe in your cause. Answer me this. Are your children, are your children worth fighting for when it comes to future elections? If the answer is yes, get to work. Start working to flip the house. Another hour straight ahead. I'm Brett Woodrow in for Rush Limbaugh. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes and their families since 9-11. These are our first responders and service members who serve our communities and our country, or those who die in the line of duty or are severely injured, and our veterans who fought for our nation's freedoms only to return home, fall on tough times, and become homeless. Heroes like Buffalo firefighter Jason Arno and his family. Arno was killed while protecting his community, battling a warehouse fire. 
He left behind his wife and a young daughter. In their darkest hour, Tunnel to Towers provided Arno's wife and daughter with a mortgage-free home. The foundation lifted a financial burden, enabling them to stay in the home where they made memories with their hero. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. Support the families of America's greatest heroes, the families of fallen first responders like Jason Arno, plus Gold Star families with young kids, severely injured service members, and homeless veterans. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Uh, we are already in hour number three. This has uh, been such a joyous and fun excursion into uh, broadcast excellence, uh, if I may borrow that phrase for, uh, for the purposes of reintroducing the hour uh, again. want to invite you to be a part of the conversation at 800-282-2882. Uh, getting your thoughts on the Georgia race, uh, whether or not you're optimistic or pessimistic about it, what you expect might be happening. How do you think this is going to play out as we get into that January 6th window? If you're just tuning in, Josh Hawley, uh, the uh, senator out of Missouri, has come out and said he's going to challenge inside the Senate uh, these uh, these results that are coming through these elections. You've got people inside the House of Representatives. Mo Brooks is one of them. And, and, of course, uh, our own uh, Madison uh, Cawthorn, plus others around the country. Madison Cawthorn is, is here in North Carolina, uh, where I am sitting at uh, the great studios at WBT, having a wonderful afternoon as, uh, as I get to uh, host the, the, the dream of my life, hosting for the, uh, for, for the great Rush Limbaugh. And it is so spectacular to be here with you. Let me just say this. I, as I look back over my radio career, but especially during the time that I was here at the EIB Network, one thing... That, that I want to share, I'm going to peel back the curtain just a little bit for you. We'll get back into the brass knuckle politics, don't worry. But one of the things I want to peel back uh, from the curtain for you that you may not know is the amazing, legendary amount of work that Rush puts into every show. Now, got a great staff. He's got amazing people that help him out. But Rush drives this show. It's his vision. It's his, uh, his, his artistry that is painted on that canvas every single day. And what he's speaking about are the issues that are important today, but are also going to be important tomorrow as well. In a lot of ways, he is, by definition, the cutting edge when it comes to the big stories that are out there and the issues that are going to matter. As he says on the Open Line Friday shows, or has in the past, you know, don't call in and complain about the phone bill or the electric bill. You know, it's a chance for you to, to call into the program with a question, with an observation that you otherwise wouldn't, wouldn't get to do, right? And, and he's, he's so dialed in on the stuff that is happening out there. And he understands the importance. And he has never forgotten what it means to be an American. Now, that's a term that's thrown around. I get it. I understand it. But the idea of being an American, it, it means that you believe in the values of this country and you believe that this is a special place the, the, the notion of American exceptionalism, that we were the exception, that we created the nation by, by breaking, uh, breaking free of the chains of, of bondage and the, and, and the royal family uh, there in, in London. We were the exception. We didn't form together because we were Norwegians or, or, or people from France or Japan. We came together by, by selection. We chose to become a country. And that country is an incredibly vital and vibrant place. He's an eternal optimist in so many ways. And, uh, you know, people are talking and chattering and wondering and all these sorts of things. But let me make it abundantly clear, if you don't know, he takes this week off every, every winter for a winter break. 
and he goes from uh, fr- from Christmas Eve uh, till just after New Year's, and uh, he's going to be back next week. That's what we expect, and he's going to continue this fight, and he's going to land right in the middle of this big fight that's going on on January the 6th. Hugely important story. Hugely important story about the direction of our country. But in addition to being an incredibly hard worker and an incredibly proud American, a great American, an American who was saluted uh, by by President Trump there at the State of the Union address when Nancy Pelosi famously threw her fit and tore up the, the copy of the State of the Union address itself in a, in a fit of pure petulance. Rush was honored there with the, with, with the Medal of Freedom for the contributions he's made to this country. And whether you agree with him or not, whether you disagree with him or not, Rush wants to see the country succeed. And we on the team all did and all do to this very point. Our default position is freedom and liberty. Our default position is success, taking the chance. And we've had a couple of callers over the last uh, uh, couple of hours talk about how much Rush means to them as a motivator to get them to make a decision to, uh, to take a risk, to take a shot. Because it's the only way you know whether or not you've got it in the tank. There, there was a time many years ago, if you had said to me, hey, you want to sit in on the Rush Limbaugh show? I would have said, yeah, absolutely. And then I would have been like, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's by watching him as a professional, as a show prep machine, as a kind and generous man who, who you only have to look at his association back in the day with, with the, the uh, Leukemia and Lymphoma Foundation uh, fundraisers that he would do in New York uh, to bring out, to help out to the national audience, to see that sort of stuff, the support of the different foundations uh, for, for, for wounded vets and the families who had lost people. Any number of efforts and many, many efforts that are known only to him and God. You, you see, I, I believe we are ordained to be here in this place, in this time for a reason. At another station that I worked at, I was once asked, hey, if you could live in any time, any time of, of, of history, when would you want to live? And my answer was, I, w- I want to live now. I want to live now. They said, why? And I said, because I don't know how this turns out. I, I know how the 15th century turned out. I know how the 17th century turned out. I know how the 1940s turned out. But I want to be alive now because I have no idea where this goes. But I do know it's a country worth fighting for. It's a country not to be embarrassed by. Not to feel ashamed because you wave the flag, you thank the police officer on the beat, or the firefighter, or the first responder, because you want justice and freedom for everybody, regardless of how they vote. We are called to be here at this time, in this country, in this place, and we're called to keep it safe, and keep it alive. It's why giving up is not an option. You look at this race that's coming up in Georgia. And you have to understand the stakes of what's in, in play here. Your basic fundamental rights guaranteed by the Bill of Rights are right there in the gun sites. They are right there being targeted by people who don't want you to have the right to defend your family, choose your health care, choose not to support the Chinese Communist Party, choose not to do business with Iran, choose not to submit American ingenuity and greatness 
to the whims of unelected, corrupted United Nations bureaucrats and heads of extrajudicial and extra-governmental non-government organizations. That is not what we want. We want to determine our own future. See, that's a lot of the secret that I saw when I was with Rush on a daily basis and that I have listened to over these many years since I left. The idea that we want to determine our own fate. We want to roll the dice our own way. We want to take the money and take the risk and see what happens. America's exceptional because the people of this country are exceptional people. Charitable, kind, and good. One question I never heard asked during this past presidential election, and I, I, I say it every time an election comes around. I say the same thing. I want one person that's a moderator of the presidential debates to look at the two people on the stage in the presidential debate and ask one basic easy question what do you what do you like about america what do you love about america what is it if you have a wife a girlfriend a husband a boyfriend it's a significant other and I ask you what you love about them. I ask you what you like about them. I ask you, you can go on and on and on. You don't often hear that from politicians, what they love about America. What they'll tell you is what's wrong with America. We are a racist, divisive, evil, imperialistic, mean country conceived from the worst instincts of humankind back in. The but then you look at them and you say, what do you love about it? Could you imagine if you were asked that question in front of your significant other, your spouse, your child? What do you love about your child? What do you love about your spouse? And you gave an answer that said, well, I really like her, but she could lose 35 pounds. I love him, but he is a terrible dresser with bad breath and that hair has got to go. What do you love about it? No, no, I, I love I love him. I love him mostly. I love her, but I just want to change them fundamentally. I would like to make them 20 years younger, in better shape, and, and really just somebody who does everything I say. No. No. The act, of, the act of love, we should understand this as we get to the end of the year. The act of love, the fundamental act of love is an act of sacrifice. Sacrificing yourself to your other. Sacrificing your interests for the good of the country sacrificing everything but your free will and independence because that's what makes you a free person to freely love to freely sacrifice to freely donate that's what makes you the unique person that you are so whenever i hear from people rush this rush that i smile to myself and i think they have no idea the depths of his generosity, his kindness, and his goodwill. Even for people who fundamentally disagree with him. Because he still wants the country to work for them as well as they wish him ill. 1-800-282-2882. I'm Brett Witterbull, in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network.
Let's go back out on the phones and speak with somebody I want to talk to. Ivy's in Greenville, South Carolina. Ivy, welcome to the Rush Limbaugh Show. Thank you. Um, I just would like to make a quick comment about how um, it seems that our conservative Republican senators and representatives are not taking a stand for President Trump. And I just, um, I voted, I held my nose and I voted for Lindsey Graham in this last election. Right. And he has not, I I don't believe he has publicly taken a stand saying that he's going to Mm -hmm. stand for President Trump on January 6th. I don't think Tim Scott has. I know my my state representative has not um, said that he's going to as well. And what is up with these people? Why will they not stand for President mm-hmm. Trump and fight this election garbage? Well, listen, I, people are going to make their own political calculus. Uh, in the case of Lindsey Graham, uh, he is somebody who just got another six-year term. And so he's going to feel free to, to do what it is he wants and, and take the sort of stands that he wants. Have you called their offices, though? Have you called Senator Scott and Senator Graham, being, being that you're in South Carolina, and, and asked what oh, their yes. positions are? And what have you heard from their uh, staffers, if they're even answering the phone? Uh, nobody's answering the phone, yeah. and their voicemails yeah. are conveniently yeah. full. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is, this is the frustrating part of this, because it feels like people come to us every two, four, and six years asking for our votes, and they're going to be our best friend forever, and then they ghost us. So I, I think what, what needs to happen is uh, this is a large audience, uh, everybody's in a different state. Everybody's in a different location. If you have not satisfactorily heard from your elected rep, especially obviously the Republicans, then you need to you need to work the phones, send the emails, make the phone calls, tell them you're a constituent, tell them that that you want to know where they stand for January the sixth, and that you know if if they're not going to be forthcoming with telling you their position, you have to assume that they have given up, and that will affect your decision making in the future. I, the, really, the only shortcut here is to do that do that sort of legwork. Write those letters, send those emails, make those phone calls. It's it's literally all you can do. Uh, but bounding together with the m- tens of millions of people in the audience, you can execute a change that way. I mean, I, I believe me, I understand your frustration, Ivy, and uh, I wish you a very very happy New Year and keep up the pressure. Bill is up next in Cobb County, Georgia, right there at Ground Zero. Bill, welcome to the show. What's on your mind today, sir? Well, I was calling to tell you uh, that my wife and I and none of my immediate family are going to vote in the Senate runoff here in Georgia. Really? And we we vote every election. We always have. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Ivy said, I don't feel that the Republicans have fought enough for my vote. So I don't think it would even matter. So you're going to sit it out. You're going to you're going to sit right. this thing out. And... Yes. That, that's 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 a that's a tough thing to do, given the fact that it's got implications for the whole country and our future. Um, what, what's what's your sense about that decision? The fact that, you know, in, in many ways, uh, you have the ability to uh, cast a vote that can thwart a lot of what is ultimately going to be coming this way. If you end up with the uh, with, with the Democrats picking up both of those seats. Well, they still have not changed anything where they stole the election mm-hmm. in the presidential race. Mm-hmm. So they're they're just going to do the same thing. They did an audit of Cobb County, knowing that Cobb County is run by Republicans. You're not going to find any sure. fraud. Sure. Yet they stayed away from Fulton County. They stayed away from right. Gwinnett. They mm-hmm. still got drop back boxes all over Fulton County. It's going to be the same issue. And well, as far as uh, let's say they packed the Supreme Court, well, the Supreme Court hasn't stood up for us now. So who cares? Oh boy! See again. This is this is this is a tough bit of calculus. I, look, everybody's got to vote their conscience. Uh, I would encourage you to vote be just from a civic exercise. If the, if you lose, you, you've lost. But at least you've made your your 
your preference known, I guess, is what it comes down to. And I understand you're frustrated probably with the Republican leadership. Are you frustrated specifically with Leffler and, and Purdue? I mean, are, are they specifically frustrating you? I have contacted Purdue by email, phone call, uh-huh. no response. Mm-hmm. So, and I think even those two, yeah, in their commercials, they'll come out with a little 30-second soundbite. Sure. But yet, behind the scenes, they're not doing anything, and they're really not going to do anything. Once they get their six-year term, that'll be it. All right. I appreciate that call, Bill. Uh, let let us know, the audience know, uh, if you if you do change your mind, you can call back uh, tomorrow or, or next week, obviously, with Rush. I'm just very curious to see how that's going to shake out. Uh, I, I Look, it's tough. It is really tough. I, I remember what it was like living in California and hoping that the good people of the rest of the country would make Nancy Pelosi not the speaker anymore. Because I, I couldn't, my vote wasn't going to matter in California. I was getting outvoted. But I knew that if you were elected enough Republicans, you could unseat Pelosi from the speakership. We got pretty close this time around. We got pretty close this time around. But the reality is sitting this thing out, I, I think, is, is potentially dangerous. Protest votes are rarely effective. And I don't know that that's really uh, the way to go about it. We got plenty of room for your phone calls as well at 1-800-282-2882, especially you in Georgia. You folks thinking about these Georgia races, we want to hear from you. I'm Brett Woodable in for Rush Limbaugh. And the phones are uh, are blazing, and we want to go out and talk to Sherry in Brooklyn, Michigan. Wants to check in on that call that we just received out of uh, Cobb County, Georgia. Sherry, welcome to the program. What's on your mind? Hi, Brett. Um, Well, sorry, I'll probably be a little nervous because I don't like calling into radio stations, but it is pretty frustrating, and I know the cheating and um, everything going on, and it doesn't sound like they've made much changes, but um, to not do anything just because of that, we're going to let them win. And um, so my point when I called in was that we donated, I mean, not a ton of money, but a substantial amount of money here in Michigan because, I mean, we have the most Democratic, sure. um, angry governor. So we can't do anything here. But in um, Georgia, when they still have a chance to change the outcome, I mean, I'm just, my heart just goes out to everybody there to get out and vote, even if it looks like they're going to cheat. You know, just as bad not to give up is my point. So it's a look. It's it's a hugely important point because you're, you're you're playing into that same category that I was talking about. When you live behind a blue wall, when you live behind the blue curtain, and 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 you're hoping that there's the, that a change is going to come, that something will prevail. You are absolutely in lockdown mode there in, in Michigan because you've got you've got Gretchen Whitmer, you've got a lieutenant oh. governor, you've got Nestle there as the AG. I mean, you are you 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 are uh, essentially California Midwest the way you guys are having to live. I mean, calling our senators here is a big waste oh. of time and writing letters. So literally, yeah. I have written every Republican, I'm U.S. senator, <laughs> that's not my state. Mm-hmm. You know, hoping that somebody will listen um, because. We are just, like you said, behind that wall, and we are helpless. But in Georgia, they still have an opportunity yep, yep. And to get out there. Every single yep. one of them, donate. If, like here in Michigan, if you feel like you can't do anything, write. You know, you, there's a website for GOP U.S. senators um, that you go through and hit every contact email. Again, a previous caller said that it's frustrating because they're either full or, you know, they don't have an email, but they're probably three quarters, 80%. You can still send an email. I don't know if they'll listen to you because sure. you're not in their state, but no. t- we need everybody to write letters, call, donate money, 
to fight because, I mean, that's right. what the Democrats do. Why can't we do it? Oh, oh, you know, are you kidding me? If, if this was reversed and you had two Democrats up for election and being challenged by Republicans, ew, this would be a revenge game. This would be revenge time. This would be we don't care. We'll crawl on our bellies across broken glass to to make sure that this thing retains. I, I think if, if people if people want to really express themselves the best way, the best revenge, in my opinion, politically speaking, would be to say to uh, uh, to say to Nancy Pelosi, you got a diminished majority. If things don't work out for the president and you end up with Biden in there, you end up with Mitch McConnell, who who is at least going to slow him down. It's at least going to be lint in the lint trap. Otherwise, it's Katie bar the door. It's unbelievable. Sherry, God bless you. I, I, I so understand what you're talking about from from your point of view. Let's go and talk to uh, to Jim in Charlotte, North Carolina, the Queen City. He's probably he's probably out here parked right out here outside the studio. What's going on, Jim? Welcome to the show. Jim, you're uh, it's Jim. Yeah, Brett, you're doing an excellent job. I think Thanks. I talked to you once before a long time ago, but you know, there's uh, for every one of these individuals that has come forth with affidavits about vote fraud in the, in the November election, there's probably 20 people that knew something and saw something, but it just wasn't worth them risking it to report it. Mm-hmm. Well, you can write, do all this writing and calling. It's a waste of time. If the police want evidence, they want credible reports, they offer a reward. The Republican National Committee and PAC group should have been out there offering a reward for evidence leading to successful prosecution of vote fraud perpetrated for the benefit of Democratic campaigns in any state in the country. And I, I remember there was a gentleman that ran a rather unsavory magazine years ago that offered yes, up to a million dollars and caught a couple of congressmen. Yep. But if you want to if you want to put a chilling effect on this and have people think about it, and there's a lot of people that greed matters more than loyalty, there's no loyalty among thieves, they should consider doing a reward. And if the Democrats want to run their own radio ads, let them do that. But the Republicans have, have basically missed it as far as I'm concerned. The boat's already gone. This is, uh, this is an important point you got there, uh, Jim. It is important to incentivize people to try to uh, help out with the cause, to try to straighten stuff out in that regard. Um, it, it's, it's up to people to root this out. There's not going to be a, a cavalry riding over the hill. We have to do it ourselves. And, and on this very point, because I understand the frustration people have with COVID and the COVID bailout packages, there's going to be more. If, listen, if you, if, if you like what you're seeing from government with the endless spending and regulation and lockdowns and all that sort of stuff, and I'm getting pushback on Twitter off of this. I see it. I see the stuff coming in. I don't care because we're on the side of right here. We need to gain control of, of this run that is in front of us. You know, you saw last week. Money for the Pakistani gender studies, money for Cambodia, money for Egypt, money for this group and that group. Can I just posit, posit something that I think is desperately in need of doing? And it may be the sort of thing that might actually unify uh, people in this regard. When you get a bill, a bill like the 5,000-page monstrosity that came out last week with COVID, When you get a bill, every provision in that bill 
needs to be accounted for. And it needs to be accounted for in a specific way. When you write a research paper or you write a paper for a, a class in college or high school, you have to cite your work. You have to say, uh, this, this study was done by Professor Bill Smith uh, in 1964, and uh, here's a link to it. Every item that goes into a spending bill, we have to demand this. I don't know if it's a constitutional amendment or if this is something that gets done at the state levels to hold them to account. Every item that goes into a bill must have a lawmaker's name attached to it in parentheses. So that when we get Pakistani gender studies, we get, oh, Dianne Feinstein wants that. Oh, you want to send money to Cambodia? Mitt Romney wants that. I'm making these names up, but you see what I'm saying. That's how you hold them to account. You want to get them focused on things that matter to you? Make it so that down the road, two months, three months, a year, when you go to an event, you're able to say to the person who sponsored Pakistani gender studies in the COVID relief bill, you get to look at them and say, what were you sending money to Rawal Pindi for? What are, you, what are you funding programs over there? you got homeless veterans under a bridge here. Like, we need to know names to shame the, the offenders. That's the only way you're going to get deterrence. See, politics, politics is the one arena where accommodation is misinterpreted as weakness. You should make the other side fight for every inch of beach that they're trying to take. Make them make the argument. Make them press the cause. It gives you a couple days to put out into the press, hey, this guy or this gal wants Pakistani gender money. Sorry, store's closed. Don in Pocahontas, Arkansas. That is an amazing name. Don, welcome to the program. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Thank you, Russ, for all you've done and uh, prayers. Amen. Uh, my point is, I used to live in Georgia, and I heard the Georgia caller about not his family, they're not going to vote. Yes, sir. My question is, uh, President Trump apparently thinks it's you know valuable to do that. He's down there spending his time to campaign, and he thinks it's worth it. And, and my question is to them, you know, are we going to waste President Trump's time and not show support, win, lose, whatever may happen? Oh. Um, that's my concern. That is uh, such a great point. On that. that is no, it's a great point. If the president feels like it's a big enough deal to go down and spend his political capital on on what could be one of the last fights of uh, of his of his twenty twenty career, who knows? Then it's absolutely worth it. I agree with you. I co-sign this idea one hundred percent, Don. You're right. If the president's willing to get down there and sacrifice, get off your fannies and vote. I'm Brett Whittable in for Rush Limbaugh. 800-282-2882. I'm Brett Witterbull in for uh, Rush Limbaugh on the Rush Limbaugh Show. The, uh, honestly, round of applause. This is some great stuff that we've got uh, coming down the pipeline. One thing I can say with full certainty, I'm authentic. I am who I am, and I'm proud of who I am. I'm no Hilaria Baldwin. Hilaria Baldwin, who has gotten herself caught up in this scandal uh, in which she somehow has portrayed herself as being Spanish, as in from Spain, Mallorca. I mean, this is, this is a terrible story to take a look at, but it speaks volumes. The New York Post noting that Hilaria Baldwin, the epically thirsty, self-identified Spanish housewife of Alec, has been outed as a basic white woman from Massachusetts. Real name, Hillary Haywood Thomas. Whew. 
The cringiest piece of piece of evidence is a clip from the Today Show in which Hilaria speaking in some kind of a Spanish accent while cosplaying as some kind of a culinary expert says, we have very few ingredients. We have tomatoes. We have, um, how do you say in ing, cucumbers. Well, that'd be pepinos. But I mean... So so you're out there portraying yourself as somebody that you're not. I understand why actors sometimes do this. They do this because they're not comfortable with the person that they are. But this is insane. This is lunacy. A.B. comparison this, by the way, to the shabby treatment of one first lady, Melania Trump, who is actually a multilingual, successful person who emigrated to the United States and has been nothing but great as first lady taking on children's charities and bullying issues and all that sort of stuff. I'm sorry. All day, every day, I'll take Melania Trump over the fake, phony, fraudulent, Fugazi, Hilaria Baldwin. Let's talk to Lisa in Burlington, North Carolina. Lisa, welcome to the program. Brett Waterbone for Rush. Hi, thanks. Yes, I just wanted to comment on the gentleman that called in earlier regarding he and his family that said that he was one to choose not to vote because he felt like that it was kind of a futile attempt. And I just want to send out a plea to the entire state of Georgia and to he and his family um, to rise up to this occasion. I know that it must seem like a, a very daunting thing in front of him, mm-hmm. but if, as a Christian, I look to David and Goliath in the Bible, yep. um, and David had to look at the situation he was in as, as a pretty tough situation because you know, men before him had been, you know, cowering at Goliath. Um, and he went out and he stood with his hand full of rocks and, and, you know, took his enemy with his enemy's own sword. So I just want to encourage people to go out and to vote and to stand. Um, you know, we have to walk on faith, not on feelings. And I, I know right now a lot of people are overcome with feelings, but they just need to step out in faith and believe that truth will prevail. Amen. Lori, uh, Elisa, thank you so much for that point. It's such a hugely important point. It's hard. It's why you should do it, because it is hard. We have to stand up for what we believe in. Have a very happy New Year, Lisa. Let's go out and talk to Lori next up in Oregon City, Oregon. Uh, Lori, welcome to the program. Hello, Lori. Oh, I think we lost Lori. Let's go to a country in Romney, West Virginia. Country, what's on your mind? Yes, sir. Uh, I wanted to make quick comment about the uh, the spending bill thing that you were talking about. Yes, sir. With having these the representatives' names attached to them. Yep. In reality, they voted for the bill. Their name is attached to it. Just a simple point mm-hmm. on that. But mm-hmm. the other, my big point, yeah, like I hear a lot of frustration in all the other callers, you know, comments and whatnot. Like that frustration needs to be turned into motivation. Like right. I hear people calling and writing and emailing with no no response, no any kind of luck out of that. Sure. It, the right. for, obviously, that's not working. So we have to, as Americans, have to make our voices heard somewhat. I will be in D.C. on December or January 6th. Good. If people can't make it to D.C., they need to, in their state, go to their state capitals. The more people that are out and speaking out and speaking up and standing up for what's right is the only thing that's going to make this work. Amen. Great point. Country, that's a great point. All you can do is take action. So take action in a smart, 
political, important way. I'm Brett Whittable, in for Rush Limbaugh on the Rush Limbaugh Show, EIB Network. All right, listen up, folks. Here's what we got coming up. Uh, tomorrow, Mark Stein. Mark Stein is going to be doing a tremendous end-of-the-year kind of review, a look at uh, all the big stories that have happened and what to expect uh, coming coming forward, obviously. And then, of course, Rush Limbaugh is going to wrap up the uh, the year itself, and it's going to be a, a tremendous, tremendous next couple of shows. I can't thank uh, <clears throat> the amazing staff here uh, enough for allowing me to come back as an alum and uh, host this program today. I would be remiss if I didn't thank so many uh, super important people, including, uh, uh, of course, uh, my very good friend, uh, Bo Snerdly, uh, James uh, Bo Snerdly, uh, Mike Maimone, who's been on the uh, board uh, throughout this excursion, Ali, who's been working the phones, and everybody else who's a part of this team. Um, you, you have meant so much to me, and it has meant so much to me to be able to come back here and keep the greatest audience in, in, in radio uh, company. And so if you're of a mind to by any chance and you want to check out, I'm going to be doing another three hours on WBT in, in, in Charlotte. And it's uh, been a high honor and a tremendous um, excursion today. I hope you've enjoyed it. I have enjoyed it. And uh, I want you to have nothing but the best when it comes to 2021. And we'll get back together, all together, listening to Rush Limbaugh right here on the Rush Limbaugh Show on the EIB Radio Network. God bless. Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to improving the lives of America's veterans, first responders, and their families. For over 20 years, the foundation has helped America keep its solemn promise to never forget. Tunnel to Towers provides mortgage-free homes to Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders with young kids, builds specially adapted smart homes for severely injured veterans, and is working to eradicate veteran homelessness. David Marshall served in the Army during World War II and fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He has never forgotten the sacrifices of his comrades in arms, nor the efforts of his first responders on 9-11 and in the days and months that followed. He is a loyal and proud Foundation donor. Tunnel of Towers is committed to supporting veterans, first responders, and their families, and so many of them need your help. Join the Foundation on its mission to do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel the to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. If you've got a military, first responder, emergency medical, or government service background, GovX.com is for you. You stepped up to serve our country and communities, and GovX delivers unbeatable deals that you've earned. GovX.com is the only site built exclusively to honor your service. Members save on epic brands and the gear they need for their on- and off-duty lives. You'll get incredible savings on tickets to live sports events, theme parks, and other entertainment. You can even save on travel, hotels, rental cars, cruises, and more. See if you qualify. Visit GovX.com. It's easy and totally free. Use code CLAY in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash slash iHeart.